3: This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting 11, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're
0: listening to the West Ham Way Podcast with Dave and X. Oi!
3: Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast Of myself Dave Walker and Syria YTK blogger XWHU employee. It was a valiant performance against Liverpool at the weekend, but it was still a defeat and one that leaves us 14th in the table. That game concludes our so-called tough run of fixtures, so what should we expect against newly promoted Fulham? We'll be talking about Sebastian Hilaire's performance at Anfield and whether Saeed Ben Rama should start over Pablo Fornell's on Saturday. X will be giving us the latest news and views before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, there's a reason why we've only won at Anfield once in 60-odd years. It's a very tough place to go. And whilst they had some key players missing... It was always going to be difficult for us. Give us your thoughts on the game, mate. Uh, I
2: thought we did all right. I thought we played quite well. Um, I thought a draw would probably be um, a fair result. Uh, It was um, just unfortunate that whilst probably by definition it was a penalty for Liverpool, if you're being completely honest, it was very, very, very soft. And if you're any kind of man, you don't go down with that sort of touch so if it had been you know a long time ago or not a long time ago even reasonably recently without VAR and stuff you wouldn't have got a penalty for that Mm. because it's so soft but I guess by definition he was kicked technically albeit very lightly but that changed the game massively you know because we would have been you know we were one nil up at the time um Like Rand, well, shockingly, I guess we got the VAR decision with the goal um, that was um, the foul. You know, which I was shocked at because I just thought, oh, they're obviously going to give this to, yeah. to Liverpool. And then um, the goal, the offside rule is just so dodgy mm. because, yes technically he wasn't directly interfering with play but he's he's in front of the keeper yeah. in the, the penalty box it you he must know. have been obstructing him to some exactly. degree exactly and the keeper's obviously semi in his thoughts gonna be thinking yeah, right how is. far over do I go because there's a forward there that can just be yeah. taps to or whatever it's very your keeper's not gonna be able to think right that unless it's very obvious right that was probably offside. they have to just react to what's around yeah. them so that player being there is always gonna cause something and you know I, I thought we played well um, I would have a draw coming out of that I think would have been a fair result and to say that I was disappointed not to get that against the league champions away from home is a, a mark of how far we've
3: came on yeah it is I mean on the penalty I mean, I'm just pleased that he managed to survive such an horrendous tackle, you know um, Oscar winning performance I know, again from what, uh, I know what a prick what I know. a prick I mean, you know I looked at that, and I think Graham Soness touched on it as well. If it was me personally, I would change the penalty rule to say that impact has to be made to a degree. To make someone naturally fall to the ground. Yeah, I agree, if yeah. it's not, then it's not a penalty. Mm. And I also think that men, because they are men that play the game, should be retrospectively punished for fucking performing well, like I was that. Thinking, it's embarrassing. Yeah,
2: I agree. And I was thinking about this. Am I right? I mean, the listeners can probably tell tell us, but am I right in thinking that Lanzini is the only player that I know of that's been punished retrospectively for diving? Do you he got a match ban for us, I think, for diving away at Crystal Palace or someone? Um, and they gave him a ban after the game for diving. They, that, that 100% happened. It's just whether they've done it for any other player and from memory I don't think they have and you know you're right that sort of contact is not going to make you fall down like you've been shot like, um, like Salah um, yeah. tried to claim it does it all and, the time I know and there's, there's usual suspects that in that Premier League I week. mean do you know what one of the biggest culprits is Harry Kane and when I you've know. got the England captain setting mm. that as the example then it's all for others to follow now I agree entirely with what you said there needs to be some form of punishment after the game for diving because they'll just keep doing it there's no mm. there's no reason not to if you can buy yourself a penalty for your team which you then take and score You know you're you're gonna do that, aren't you? If you can get away with it, and this is why the likes of VAR should have been brought in. Yes, technically VAR was right; he was kids But where do you draw the line? You know, if I, you know, if if I accidentally brush a, a strand of your hair. Technically, yeah. I've touched you. Yeah. But is that a penalty? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, you're right. I agree exactly with what you've said. It's got to be a significant impact to put off your chances of controlling
3: or the ball or shooting or whatever yeah. you're but, doing at that exactly, time. Exactly. Because if this mm. is purely down to the letter of the law, you know, a centre-half could go to pick his nose and elbow someone in the stomach mm like as mildly as you yeah, like
2: stroke their hand.
3: exactly and then mm. he'll go down like he's been shot and, yeah. and and that's it and again it's like what's it teaching the kids mm, kids growing up the next generation playing football going to see that as a a type of skill they do mate like i i've I,
2: as you know i've taught um until recently i taught um kids football to a, a, a coach sorry kids football to quite a high level um and that and that is what they do in that you know that is what they do they wrote the two things that children are most interested in is skilling someone up with like a flick or a yeah you know a, a turn or a rainbow kick or whatever it doesn't matter sometimes if they do that and then two seconds later lose the ball, when there's someone standing with an open goal to pass to, yeah. as long as they've, ah, oh, skilled, or yeah. nutmeg someone, yeah. then that accounts more. And then they do, they dive, run, roll around, feign injury, because this is what they see on TV all the time. I mean, do you remember, even, was it was it Pro Evo back in the day, they used to even be, or was it FIFA, one of them, there was actually a dive option as one yeah. of the... Yeah, dive if, button. Dive button, yeah. that's because it's played so much of a role in the game. Yeah. And... um. And it shouldn't be able to now. But it is, again, like the offside rule, there's too much grey areas on things. It just needs to be...
3: Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is. And even with the rules that are in place, regardless of whether you'd like to change them or not, there's just constant inconsistencies. You know, with offsides, with penalty decisions, etc. But one of which is the diving. I mean, I've lost count... The amount of times a player's gone down, he, he clearly hasn't slipped, but he's mm-hmm. gone down and the ref's not giving it as a foul. So then surely it's a booking for diving. Yeah. Exactly. But then the ref's just run off. So so what is it? Are you just letting him off for having a go at diving or are you actually gonna, you know, take some action? Because no, no, otherwise how are we gonna change it? It's so frustrating. It
2: really, really is. And you know, it it's annoying to still be talking about ref problems almost every oh. week. You know, every week we're still discussing it like yeah. there's 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 got to be something that eventually stops all of this. Like, how, you know, as life evolves, how can getting decisions right in football not evolve? You know, I know they're different sports, so the context is slightly different, but cricket, rugby, NFL, tennis, you know, they've all been, been able to come up with ways to use technology to improve decisions. And I think we did that with goal line technology. Yeah, I agree. With the. Minus the what was it Aston Villa Sheffield United <laughs> game, whatever it was, but on the whole they they have. Yeah. Um, but with this, there's still, now with VAR, there's still so many things that just don't work. Oh, the,
3: the, yeah, without a doubt, it's a constant frustration, and unfortunately, mm. I just can't see them changing it unless they change the rules I can't see how what's in place now is going to get any better yeah and that's right I mean I said it was VAR's the problem there but the actual
2: problem is the rules as well it is because often VAR well sometimes VAR get well VAR never gets it wrong because VAR by definition is the technology Mm. the actual technology Mm. apart from that has to be in a game is never wrong it's the interpretation of that technology by the human the ref that's involved but do you know
3: what I find incredible though right if you've got this technology that does all this incredible stuff why doesn't that come up with an automated decision for you so you can't make the human error if it uses that inbuilt technology to identify fine margins it must know itself whether it's offside whether it's Mm -hmm. a penalty Mm -hmm. so why does it then have to mm. go back to a human being mm. to inevitably make a mistake. So, yeah, very good. Goal line technology tells you straight away. Yeah, that doesn't go to a referee to make a decision. It will tell you if it's crossed the line. Mm. So tell us if it's offside. Tell mm. if it's a penalty. Mm. Why yeah. doesn't it do that? Why know, are they mate? making life so fucking difficult for themselves? I don't
2: know, you're spot on. You're right. And you know what? As, as stupid as this sounds, I hadn't actually thought of that, but you are spot on. What, why, you know, think of all the things that technology can do nowadays. It's actually producing the results, but not telling you what the result is. Yeah. Almost. yeah. So, what is the point yeah. of that? You know, you're right. You are right. And I don't know why it can't. It surely must be able to. Yeah. And you could have a human. I guess, overseeing the technology to check it doesn't malfunction or whatever. Mm. But on the whole, that should be the one that makes the decision. Yeah, yeah, you're
3: right. 100%. It was always going to be an eyebrow raiser with Seb Haller coming in and Antonio being out. Um, have all he needs a run of games, which I personally stick by. I do. But was also very interested to see him fit into that team. Mm. Wasn't the best start for him in terms of, you know, Liverpool way. No. Um... Interested to see how he gets on against Fulham on Saturday, but that's a different conversation. Mm. For me, and I'll kick us off because I'm sure you feel the same, I actually think everyone played pretty well on Saturday, apart from one player, yeah. and that was Halea. I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll agree.
2: Yeah, I do agree. Um, I am conscious of going over old ground here because we have discussed this f- throughout his time at West Ham. Um, yes, I think Liverpool away is obviously a tough game to start. He's playing against a young centre-back, though, that had barely played. Um, I I don't know, really, what to say. Because you get these people, and I've said it before, the Allaire cult, that whatever you say, pull out videos of and images of him doing the right thing. But... <clears throat> for so many people to think that he's not performing now, and obviously I've said this for a while now, mm, and, um for him to not be performing. Yes, you can put out all these things, but why do so many people think it? Yeah, not, you know, say, I did a poll. I, I put a poll, how many people, do you feel negatively or positive about LA? I had to make it that kind of... um what's the word prescribed because otherwise you get people saying i do like it because of the system i just wanted to yes or a no yeah, like yeah. A and it was something like 69 percent no 31 uh, yes right and for that many people to think there's an issue there's not going to be that many people that don't understand football that are thinking that. And the, and the thing that I would throw out there as well, and again, I don't mean to name drop and someone out there seem to think it was an ego by me saying this, but it's genuinely true. Uh, obviously, through the podcast and things that we've done, we do speak to ex-players now and again and, and current staff and I I just dropped a text message out to a few people on Saturday and generally asked what their opinion was because I respect their opinion Mm. and they were all saying Similar to what I say. Now I I as I keep maintaining I do not want to write the player off. But I know, I know what's gonna happen. If Helaire scores against Fulham or plays well, I am gonna get so many people on Twitter saying, Yeah, there you go, he's you underrated him, Hilaire was good, we told you you were wrong, your opinion's rubbish, just because he'll play one good game, right? Mm. But I'm stating now that I don't think he's a bad player, I don't necessarily think he's had a chance to prove himself properly but you 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 can't keep excusing him Mm. when do you draw the line people say there's not had the system okay Well, well why can't he adapt to a system it's not like you're asking him to play right back yeah, mm. okay. You're asking him to play as a forward, which he is. And people say, oh, he's used to having a free. Okay. Like Ryan Giggs started as a, a tricky, pacey left winger. Then he ended up being more central. Then he started to drop deeper. Players like, you know, Rude Hullett was a forward once upon a time, then was a sweeper. Then, you know, you talk about systems not working. People were very quick. My point, which some people missed, was that Cresswell got slaughtered playing at left back for the last year or so. Yeah we changed the system so he's a left centre-back and now all of a sudden he's playing well so were people wrong for two years saying Cresswell's shit or can he be excused by the system he Mm. can be excused by the system but does that mean every player can be excused by the system and my last point as I do realise I'm taking a lot of the microphone here um, (laughs) that my last point on this because I don't want to dwell on it too much is some player the other thing that always gets referenced actually I make two more points the other thing that always gets referenced is yes but he scored goals in germany which is the top league yet he scored goals in the champ uh, the europa league and so on let me give you shevchenko let me give you veron uh, let me give you um P- kazaragi although i know his was cut short by injury but there there are players throughout the english football's history that have performed in one league and not performed in the other. Likewise, they have players that not performed in England, but have played brilliantly in Germany. You know, they're different countries. They're different style of footballs. Things that work well in Germany might not always work well here. It doesn't mean, like, it, it, it continues through, you know. But what I will say is, I would keep Hilarion... For Fulham. I would keep him in for Sheffield United. I would sit with him this week. And I would say to him. Right. You need to start performing. Mate. Yes. You may feel you're not getting a service. Whatever. What can we do to help you here? And if he says. I want. I want. Barami and Bowen playing off me like that then do it because people say you can't drop you can't change the winning system for one player but we've got to try and get this guy performing he's our only striker at the moment he's a 45 million pound forward Mm. who's massively declining talk to him what does he want to happen and if he can't turn it on against Fulham Sheffield United and whoever we've got after that Man United is it um, or Villa, Villa, or and United, Villa and yeah. Man United if he can't do it in those games we mm. need to start thinking about selling him in January
3: the biggest problem for me X was his work right. Yes. On Saturday. I mean, it was horrendous. Like yes. most West Ham fans, you keep one eye on Hilaire because you're interested to see how yeah. he's going to get on. And I said it on last week's show, actually. I said, there's two things that's going to be his Achilles heel. One is his work rate and his persona yeah. because he's got the persona of a mm-hmm. lazy individual. Yes. He yeah. has. It's just has. the way he is. Yeah. And secondly, he's always going to be judged against an inform Antonio. Yeah. Those are the two things. And now, they are different players. They, they are, yeah. They're different players. Yeah. But... Whilst you can debate and make excuses as to whether he's getting the right service, how many chances did he actually get to put away against Liverpool, Mm. the one thing that you can't debate or excuse is the amount of times which was on multiple occasions I saw him three or four yards away from a defender with the ball and he's almost at walking speed to get that Mm, ball off mm, the defender mm. now you know that Mickey is going to be driving his heart and soul chasing every single ball in that final third and Hilaire didn't do that once in fact he looked completely disinterested to me now I'm sure he wasn't but again that's what his persona suggested Mm. so you can get away with it if you're scoring goals, if you're creating chances, if you're making yourself busy. But when you're losing the game, or you're not contributing, or you're not even chasing down your man to get the ball, mm. you can't excuse it, and you're going to look fucking terrible. You're not going to mm. get away with it. No. And that's the key thing for me. I really noticed that in him on Saturday, and mm. that is absolutely inexcusable. Because I'll be honest, I am have, have been, and I am, pretty much on the fence, as it stands with Hilaire. Mm. I see something in him that could potentially work at West Ham... Mm. So I'm watching him very closely at the moment. But that on Saturday for me was fucking dog mm-hmm. shit. I thought he was terrible. And, you know, every striker, every player has a bad game and might have things not go their way. But you know what? You can excuse those players if they're trying, if they're giving 110% yeah. to try and make things happen for themselves. He didn't do that. And he was the worst player on the pitch by country mile. Oh, definitely definitely. What I will,
2: I will give you praise here now, because... What I like about you and your opinions on football, which is why you are good for something like a podcast, is because you are prepared to adjust your opinion and not be stubborn with it. Yeah, of course. Um, And we've done it over numerous things, managers, Mm. chairman, Mm. players, and so on. And I respect that in you. And I know you're not saying you've definitely decided Hilaire's not right for the club. I know you're saying he didn't play well. Mm. And and you've got question marks over him. I'm like you. I want... Hilaire to prove me that he is a good player. I want, and I will say on this podcast, if he plays well against Fulham, I will tweet and I'll get shitloads of abuse yeah, from people. I I mean, you'd be the
3: last person to have an agenda against anyone exactly, at West Ham. I, I always just want an opinion. to do
2: well. I want them to do well. Yeah, of course you but do. But why would I want a £45 million forward to fail at West Ham? I've no. dreamed of us having a forward that's worth that much. And as good as people tell me he is, I just get frustrated like you when I see him not being... I know people are going to say he's not that type of player but you can don't matter if you're four foot one and as light as a feather you can still run around and hassle people Mm. and try to get amongst them and try to move them but that isn't what he is he's six foot three six foot four Mm. and like you know look at how Andy Carroll used and again but they're not the same player but look how Andy (laughs) Carroll like used to use his physique and stuff Mm. um, and how much stick he got Um, I I would urge the people that are so pro Sebastian Adams Whenever you saw the tweet I did, I did this little mascot thing. Yeah, you know, I did say, running yeah. <laughs> and it is like that. You dare say a word about Sebastian Le and yeah. all these, and they're generally the same type of people, the same type of people that loved Anderson and would tell mm. you how amazing he was. And yes, technically he probably was a good player, but he didn't perform for West Ham for a long time. Again, that was someone I called quite early on that he mm. wasn't, and then he mm. is now not being picked for Porto, which. Which I'll cover in my section, but that that you know, people need to They've got more of an agenda, the pro-Hilaire people, because they will not accept when he doesn't play well. Um, and they will literally bring out things from like two seasons ago, or sorry, one season ago to to prove something. I will, ha- can, hand on my heart, promise you, if Hilaire plays well, and I will say it, I want him to play well. I will tell you when I think he's played well. And, um... Uh, I just hope other people like you've done, who's been very pro-Hilaire before, will be just accepting that you need to judge it as it is. Um, Mm. And uh, let's just see how he does against Fulham. And I hope he scores a couple of goals. If he's not going to score two goals or, or play well against Fulham and Sheffield United, I know Fulham won at the weekend. But two of the arguably the worst teams in the league when is he ever gonna when is he gonna start performing and actually i thought he played alright in the cups this year and i think he scored a good goal against wolves or whoever it was so i actually am more on his side this season than i was last season where i think he was worse last season mm. um so hopefully he will turn it around i i hope he i really really do but what you've got to bear in mind as well and um and and he may not even get picked the manager, and this is not ITK news. This is why I'm doing it now, not in my section. The manager against um, Man City chose to play Yarmolenko and Bowen up front rather than bringing Hilaire on. He then played Yarmolenko, took Hilaire off at sixty odd minutes or whatever it was, and put Yarmolenko. Well, I was a bit later than that, I think, but put Yarmolenko on again. I, I, I'm not convinced at this point that he might that he will play Hilaire. Because the Moyes, you can tell from the pre-match interview, he said something like, he's been here a while now, he really needs to start showing the player he Mm. is so I hope he does and I hope we don't have to have this debate and I hope I'm singing a Mm. song about Alaya soon Mm. and I will I'll say it but he's got to really start proving himself even if you don't have the right system you can like you said you can work hard you can try to get in the right system you can try to be effective you can try and adapt your game you know and I just don't know if he if he does that. Mm.
3: Okay, that's all we've got
2: time for this week. <laughs> exactly. So, and I, I, I consciously, consciously said don't talk about this too much because I'm actually sick to death of people A, telling me their opinion on it there and, and B, having a go at my opinion. So can we edit this bit out? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's it. I don't think we should talk about him anymore. Yeah,
3: listen, as far as I'm concerned, there's no arguments with how he played on Saturday. It was poor... My own personal opinion, I feel like I want to give him the season. I think to make a fair judgment, that's what we need to do. And look, we're all West Ham fans, like you said, X, and you're quite right. You want to see a 45 million pound marquee signing do well. We're all behind him in that sense. Yeah. At the same time, especially when you compare the the work rate and the effort levels of Mikel Antonio. And you go from one extreme to another, which was on Saturday night. You can't excuse it. So, I do do believe he needs a run of games. I do believe he needs time. But, my God, he's got to work much harder. Um, And he's got to deliver. He's got to deliver against it. It's as simple as that. So, hopefully, time will tell. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the thing with him as well is that... um,
2: he, he, yeah, well, actually, no, I don't know what I'm going to say. I agree with you. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yes, right. Um,
3: but no, look, generally speaking, other than Hilleur, I was pleased with the team. It's a tough place to go and play. I thought we looked really well organised, which we have done really since the talent end of last season. This formation, 100% is one that we should be sticking to. The players are obviously used to it. They enjoy it. And we contain them really well. Because actually, when you look at that first half, Liverpool only had one shot on target. Yeah. Which... To say that you restricted a team like Liverpool at Anfield to that shows that we were doing something right. Delighted for Pablo to have scored the goal. Really delighted. Really interesting. One of our patrons commented when we were all interacting together after the game and said that Pablo Fornells can be our best player and our worst player in the same game yes do you agree with that and how do you think he played on Saturday
2: Um, the jury's really out for me on for now still which I do think is harsh that I think that because he's in terms of direct involvement in goals he gets goals and he gets assists you know so actually what more technically do you want him to do but then you take I mean the one good thing Hilaire did as well, well one good thing that Hilaire did was that move where he flicked it to Finau's and Finau's run through and should have squared it to Bowen and didn't and then he took another chance off Bowen Mm. at at one point Uh, it's things like that like one minute I think yeah he's a really good player then other times I think he's not really aware Mm. and I think his pace is an issue for me Mm. as well Um, and um, see I think I like him I think I do but then I'm not excited by him so for example Mm. when we're picking a team against Fulham I'm very, very... I know if I saw the team with finales in or I saw the team with Ben Rama in and this is not really based on anything. I've not really seen Ben Rama play much I would be more excited by Ben Rama being in that team than for mm. which could, I don't know why it is maybe it's really really harsh and I do think Ben Rama needs to start over for to get the best or whatever the best is out of a but my understanding from reading the so-called experts that know more about football than I do um, is that um, Hilaire needs to have players playing off him so put Bowen and Rama are off him mm. uh, and then the, that's what you're going to do because Finau doesn't play directly no. off so to speak which is harsh on Finau but I do think his in-game awareness and I'm not just basing this on the Liverpool game So I've thought it before needs to improve but that could be an age thing He's still young, Mm. so I think he's a good player. Whether he'll have an amazing career at West Ham, the jury's still out, but I do think he's a good player.
3: Yeah, I mean, time will tell to see if that improves, but I think at the age that he's at, either instinctively you're a good decision-maker or you're not, and that is a question mark over him, in my opinion. You know, there are plenty of times this season... Um, and last season where you looked at it and you think, Why have you done that? How have you missed that? Why didn't you square it to him? Mm. You know, that happens quite a lot with Pablo. On the other hand, he'll pop up with a goal and assist, and lo and behold, he's done his job for the day. Yeah. He's, he's a it's a real strange one, Pablo, but yeah. I do agree, and we do come back to this. He does lack pace. Mm. Um <laughs> Sometimes he he misses sitters, he misses one-on-ones, other times he'll pull it out the hat. Mm. I just wonder if you really and truly know what you're getting with him. I mean, the one guarantee you have got with Pablo is his energy and his enthusiasm, which goes a long way. He wants to play for West Ham, he wants to give 110% and he wants to win. Mm. And that shouldn't be underestimated. And let's not forget, he has also been a part of a successful team in West West Ham. And
2: the players like him as well, he's a popular player. So there's a
3: lot going for him. Yeah. But does he start against Fulham over our new signing Ben Rama, who potentially could or couldn't bring so much more? Yeah, exactly. It's really hard
2: to say. What would you do? When you're talking about the balance of the side, I do feel somehow having Ben Rama instead of Furnales does give better balance. It feels better to me. But then I do feel that is harsh on Furnales because he's been part of a successful side. And why should I have to be dropping him? because my forward can't fit into the system or whatever. So I I, I am jury is still out for me, but I do think going into the Fulham game, I know for now scored, so I do feel a bit harsh on him, but I think I would bring Ben Ramar in. I mm. think I would and play Bowen and him off him.
3: I think it's a perfect game to give yeah. Ben Ramari his first start, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it wouldn't have felt right chucking him in against Liverpool. No. But if he's fit He's up for it. He wants to play. Fulham at home, is there a better opportunity? Mm. Because you're giving him that chance to kind of tie him up in knots and, and, and have a real impact on a game that could do wonders for his confidence. And when a player's leaving a championship or even coming in from a different division or country, you need to get off to a good start psychologically. Mm. And I think Fulham at home... Ben Rama has a really good chance to do that. Yeah,
2: I agree. And he played well against them for Brentford, apparently. I don't know. Did he? Yeah, I don't know. Um I don't remember it. I don't know <laughs> I don't know this whether it's true, but apparently he did alright against them in um I guess he must have been in the league or whatever. So he's got that
3: um on his side. I just hope that he's got the mental strength and the character to cope with joining West Ham United yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. If he's got that, then <sighs> he's got half a chance because he's clearly got the ability. He's going to be coming up against better players in this league, so again, time will tell with him. Mm. It's always a gamble when you take a player from another division, but it worked wonders with Bowen, it's worked wonders with Suchek, it's working wonders with Yeah. So let's just hope that with all that flair, excitement and skill that comes with him, he's got the mental ability to believe in himself that he belongs in this division. And I think the best way to get him off to the best start Is against someone like Fulham at home, where you're expecting really to win two or three nil, aren't you?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think. Also, a player like him, in terms of what his attributes are, in the sense that he's like you know, a creative player, mm. um, technically good, um, maybe not the most physical, but technically good on the ball, and so on. It's easier in some ways for players like him playing in the Premier League than it is in the Championship because the Premier League has more technical players and is less physical than the Championship. So, mm. in some 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 ways it should be the sort of environment for him to do better so and you know what's the point of having him if we're not going to try him i think i think you do need to do need to give him a go yeah and i would have i would have finals on the bench obviously and if things were not going that well even if as early as half time i'd potentially bring him off and bring finals on and hopefully finals gets a bit of a even more fire in his belly and he wants to prove the manager wrong and comes on and has a has a significant impact.
3: Mm. Yeah, I can see that being the case. Mm. Well, in relation to the Liverpool game, let's see what some of our patrons said about the game. Steve Wills said it was Halles' first game for a while, so give him the benefit of the doubt, in brackets, clasping at Finn's draws, I know, but he was walking, not chasing anything, and generally looked like he would rather be at home watching EastEnders. Different player to Antonio, for yeah, sure. East
2: uh, EastEnders. <laughs> Emmerdale,
3: come on. Emmerdale, fucking hell. No, now you're sure. the one clutching at straws now. <laughs> to be fair. I don't even like Emmerdale, but I couldn't think of another soap. <laughs> but he then went on to say, different player to Antonio, for sure. Uh, and not the chaser, but our team needs a striker that can do that. January beckons for a third striker that can help in that area. Uh, Graham Ivert said... Felt the first half we were decent, soft penalty, but second half we showed too much respect to them. Was a winnable game, their centre back, Phillips, was immense to be fair. Paul Coles went on to say, I've seen us get turned over so many times up there that I think we did well this time. We seem to have a system that fits the players we have for once, except Hilaire. For me, he is not suited to this league. Steve Brooker says, Am I allowed to swear on here? Salary's a diving cunt. Never a penalty. <laughs> We deserve something from this game for sure. Hélène needs to prove in the next couple of weeks that he's worth keeping or we're better off selling him in January. At the start of the day, I wouldn't have been too disappointed with a 2-1 defeat, but it's just how Liverpool go about things. And finally, I've picked this up from uh, Steve Finlayson, who's put a bit more of a positive spin on it. Really proud of this team. Those boys gave their all and that's all we can expect. Going to be a really good run of games coming up. Well, let's talk about one of those games ex-Fulham. At home this weekend, we've spoken about whether Ben Rama should feature in that game. Whether he does or he doesn't, what are you expecting from that fixture?
2: Uh, I think we've got to expect a win, mate. I mean, what what else, what other fixtures will we expect to win from if we don't expect to win from that? For me, at the moment, the teams that you're looking at as being weak in this league at this point, you I know they have just won, but you would say Fulham, you'd say Sheffield United, you'd say West Brom. Um those are the ones that come to mind naturally mm. um but there are a few others maybe that you'd, you'd pick out as well but then that's the sort of game that you are gonna hope to win um and i would want a good performance and a two nil minimum mm. win two goal margin um and i know you can't say any, team, any fixture in the Premier League is an easy fixture because it's not because anyone can beat anyone particularly in this climate without the sort of crowd playing a factor Um but I do think we need to win the, the question mark for me is do you make any other changes I mean I've already said Ben Rama for for nows, but do you bring in Diop is it time to give him back into the team and have a centre-back free maybe of Diop Ogbonna and Cresswell, I take Balboenna out now. Um, do you, maybe, I don't agree with this one, but maybe, bring back Fredericks instead of Sheffield, get a bit more pace on the right and more like someone's going to get down the flank a bit more. Uh, against mate, his old arguably, club as well. Yeah, against his old club, yeah. Um, so there's maybe a few questions there that you could ask, but, I think my own answer to my own question would be just change for nails for Ben Rama.
3: Mm. Do you know, to a degree, this is a bit of a must-win game for me. Mm. The reason being, our performances have been so good this season, but we're 14th in the league. Now, if we now go and get turned over by Fulham... What does that mean, that yes. start to the season? Yeah. Not a lot. No. Because you like to think that if you can mix it with the big boys, you can take that in and yeah. be the bookies' favourite to go and beat the smaller boys. Yeah. But if you're not doing that, mm. then you're not beating the big boys, despite how well you're playing, and you're not beating the smaller teams, despite how well you're not playing. Yeah. So then you can find yourself slipping the 15th, 16th, 17th. Yeah. You know, you can. I would rather play poorly and win than well and lose. Yes,
2: yeah. And that's why
3: we must win this game because we have to start building off of our performances sooner rather than later. We've got some good wins against some teams that we didn't expect to beat, but now we've got the chance to come out of this dark period of fixtures and really make a a statement Mm. of intent because when you look at the next four games, every single one of them is winnable. Mm. But the question is, will we crush this myth that we only turn up against the big boys. Yeah. Because we need to, don't we?
2: Oh, 100%, mate. You're right. They are very important games because you and I, when when the fixtures were drawn, we talked about how many points we would pick up from those games, those first six did we do, or whatever it was. And I think we only really were confident that we were going to get three points against Newcastle. Mm, yeah. shows how much you and I Yeah, I no. uh, <laughs> uh, um, I think everyone was saying the no, same I mix, agree. to be honest. No, I agree. And um, so, the fact that we've got eight, is it? at the moment? How many have we got now? Uh must have about eight, I guess. What, points? Yeah. Three against I'm Wolves, sure. top three top against world. Leicester, a six. Draw against City, a seven. Draw against anyone else?
3: Um, I know we bring uh, it up, mate. <laughs> I know we lost
2: uh, Arsenal, lost at Liverpool, lost to Newcastle. I think I've got a feeling. Oh, Tottenham, draw against Tottenham. I think it is eight points from, from knowledge. Um, but uh, we um, we that's a lot more than what we thought it would be, mm, so mm. um if we can then have that and you know from uh, Fulham Sheffield United
3: it's 8 points by the way
2: yeah good Uh, Fulham Sheffield United Villa and Man United Um, if we could get 9 points from that that would be brilliant but you're right you could arguably say you could get 12 from those because Manchester Hmm. United are not very good yeah they're in trouble are not they yeah yeah. and I think I'd like us to play them whilst they've still got Solskjaer as manager Because Mm. I think, obviously, if he carries on much longer, he's going to get the sack. Pocino has uh, (laughs) has, uh, stated that he wants to get back in management and preferably Mm. to England. That's the obvious scenario for him now, is to get that Manchester United job. So I hope we still play Manchester United while they've still got Solskjaer, because I would imagine he would make them a better team. Um, Mm. So... Yeah, and Villa seem to have their early season form, seems to be going now, which is good. So we're playing them at a better time. Um, So I really would like us to pick up a minimum of nine points from those fixtures.
3: Well, especially when you look at the league table again, because understandably West Ham fans are blinded by our good performances recently. And so they should be, because it's good to watch and it's refreshing to watch, especially when you're not expecting to see it against some of these really big teams. But if we don't win against Fulham on Saturday, then subject to other results, we could be as low as 16th. Mm. And yet if we do win, we only go up to 10th if other results work in our favour. So we have to start putting this platform down sooner rather than later to start building on these good performances. Otherwise, they're worth nothing. Because if we now go and lose the next four or five games... What was the point in that great run of form that we showed? Yeah. No point, because once again, you would then be blighted by consistency, yeah. which is the common theme with West Ham over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for that reason, to a degree, and I must state that, it's a must-win game against Fulham, because I think it's so important for so many different reasons. You know? Yeah, no, I
2: totally agree with you on that. And um, I really think... Yeah, uh, I'm happy with how the season's gone so far, which is good because obviously at the start of the season, none of us were convinced on the fixtures. We weren't convinced on Moyes. You know, there was a yeah. lot of doubt. So we're definitely in a better position now than I thought we would be um, before, like before I had the benefit of hindsight. Um, so we, you're right. We've got to build on this platform because if we then lose to Fulham at the moment, other teams are looking at us and thinking, you know what, West Ham are. Doing done well so far you know, mm. right, they lost to Liverpool draw against Man City draw against Tottenham beat Leicester beat Wolves you know so people are looking at us I'm thinking they're actually starting the season well despite whatever the league table is saying but if we lose to Fulham that's when the element of doubt starts creeping and then Sheffield yeah. United start to think well you know what Fulham mm. did them at their place we can do them at our place and if you don't beat Sheffield United then it's like okay mm. they're not as good as that's right, thought, so.
3: yeah, and then you run a risk of falling into that rut again, don't yeah, you, and then exactly. we're back to square one. Exactly. So, score prediction against Fulham? 2-0. Um, yep, snap, okay. I'm going for 2-0. Yeah. Speaking of predictions, let's have a look at how me and X did in the West Way Premier League Predictions competition last weekend. Now, I don't know if you've looked at it. I have. Okay, I have, I have. have you looked at both of us? Yes because I actually did quite well
2: smashed it to be fair to you and it really started mm. to annoy me <laughs> because when I when I saw that you got 80 points the West Ham fish, which is what <laughs> made it even more cruel because I put 1-1 one, one, you put 2, yeah, two yeah. one and so it was be honest here be honest yeah, go on. was there part of you when it became 2-1 to Liverpool that thought good I've got this oh
3: fuck me no of course okay, not good. I mean I I'm mean, glad you said that I mean good. in my mind I'd be thinking fucking hell one consolation at the very very least yeah. would be that I've got eighty fucking points in uh, the predictions competition. Yeah. Yeah, but who yeah. gives a fuck? You never yeah. want to see your team lose. Good, you know?
2: good answer because obviously I had Salah. Salah, I can never say I can never say anyone's name right. But um, him to score. I, I Was he my captain? <laughs> no, I think Kane was. But I got him in my fancy team. So there's that element, that small part of things. Well, if anyone had to score, I'm kind of <laughs> glad it's him out of the Liverpool players. But yeah, no, I didn't want it to happen. But when I so that made that defeat even more hurtful for me. <laughs> yeah, because, because obviously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly because I had one all, which obviously I'd rather West Ham would have won, but one all, I would have got a good yeah. draw at Anfield plus eighty yeah, points. Yeah. Whereas two one, I've lost, <laughs> and you've got eighty <laughs> points. So it was like a double whammy that one. But yeah, um, I, yeah, call, but you I did, called.
3: I, do you know, I called one of the games early on as well. Yeah, on a Saturday, I'll I got on, that right. I'll be honest, forty with you, points mate, from that as well.
2: I did bad this week, which has really spiced this game up because mm. I did bad because I felt. Those games really hard to predict. You know, Arsenal won at Manchester United. I found that one really hard to predict. Mm. Um, there was a couple of others that I could really see going either way. So, in
3: fairness to you, I will give you credit where it's due. You've done well this week. Yeah, well, I went from two hundred sixtieth to a hundred forty-six, which that's is a big leap. Is, um, yeah. That was after bagging myself two hundred five points no, no, at the weekend. Good, is, um, whereas yourself. After getting just 37 points, yeah. um, you went from 62nd to 105, leaving Terrible. a gap of just 53 points between us now. So it's a big weekend for me.
2: Oh, do you know what, though? I'm actually pleased because I thought you'd be closer than that. I didn't realise no. I still had 53 points. Oh, yeah. So, but I, that's
3: only one prediction away. It
2: is. In fairness, it is. But I'm still happy that I'm in the lead because, yeah. obviously, do you want to mention the other game it was like,
3: yeah I will uh, our fantasy football competition however has predictably had a turn for the worst as far as I'm concerned uh, because after losing about 8000 fucking points through making transfers that I didn't realise would affect my total X has now taken the lead by 17 points still not a massive amount but yeah no, I mean we all knew that, that that kick in the bollocks last week was going to come back to on me didn't we <laughs> the thing that's
0: so funny is that every
2: week you, there seems to be something that you do like crazy so, like so so when I was looking at your team, I was thinking, jeez, he's made a lot of changes. <laughs> and then I was thinking, how many has he actually made? Because obviously I knew on the podcast, you said that you had Antonio, then you put Watkins, yeah. then you put Antonio, then you put... And then I looked and then <laughs> it out, turned In, out, of, shake um, it all exactly. about. And then later, And obviously you'd used my inside knowledge on that one because I told you he'd be starting again. yes um, you did tell yeah,
3: me he'd be starting yeah. that's true so you did use
2: that knowledge um, and actually that worked in my advantage yeah it yeah? did yeah thanks mate he, <laughs> he didn't play well um, but um, and I looked and I thought my god he's made so many changes here and then I thought his team's actually getting quite similar to mine now um, but because you would made so many transfers and you know mate if you remember the other bit of advice I gave you that I said to you look your team looks good this week But I said the only thing I would do and I was being serious just to play your Wolves defender because I thought he'd keep a clean sheet I did say that should yeah you and chat? did I no and he got six points he was on your bench You didn't listen and so so, so uh, if he's
3: on the bench and he gets six points do I get any of those no, points against no because really? you haven't played
2: him which is why I was saying Chilwell was so bloody oh, frustrating hell. when you had him as your third sub and so you were like oh. hey, you should have blown all those points yeah. and he kept coming in for you which yeah. was getting annoyed. so you actually chose to play Chilwell so Chilwell was like I'm in the he couldn't, and he scored you his standards mandatory six points for you again. Yeah, yeah. Have a clean sheet. Um, but um, mm. and even Madison was an annoying one because I know you haven't had the he hasn't,
3: he hasn't been doing that well, though, no, has he? But Madison, but he got
2: four points and he barely played. I think he came on, let me have a look. He came on, he played 27 minutes. No, did he? Yeah, 27 minutes and he got one assist in that
3: time. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a, really?
2: irrelevant. He didn't need to score that Leicester, You were already winning. Yeah. Why did you help
3: Dave? Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that he only had 27 minutes in him to be honest yeah, with you. No, That's what did. I mean. See, see, I don't tend to study or have any kind of knowledge about other teams. This is what lets me down with fantasy football and the fact you to do a degree th- with the predictions as well. And that
2: you do things when you're
3: drunk. Well, and I do things when I'm drunk and I don't <laughs> understand the fucking game. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the game. Um, otherwise, there's potential Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, well,
2: I just love I just love the idea again. I always try I always amuse myself, and maybe it's a bit immature of me, but I always amuse myself that if this was actually real life. So like so I like so I like the idea of like you know, so you you sort of sort of out, you'd you are like, come on in, in you come Mickey, you're in, actually sod it make her out, walk injury, actually come back, Mickey, come back. Oh fuck this, I'm gonna bring a lair in. And they will be like, you know, just like boss, make your bloody yeah, mind up, yeah. and then you've got Jamie Vardy. Sorry, Jamie, you've done well. For me, but fuck off, mate. Harry's coming in now, and it's just like what goes on. It's just a complete like yeah. roller coaster of, yeah. of players. But uh, yeah, yeah. Inevitably, I am now top of the league of our time. Yeah, I mean,
3: look, never say never. You know, I, I I can't think that my enthusiasm for this game will ever increase. You've got to admit, but my knowledge and experience, I've enjoyed. Somehow managing to be above you for six weeks straight yeah. really makes me laugh, and and I enjoyed that element of it. Yeah. Um, but you got to but admit, no, see, it make, not really. It
2: does make football more interesting because, for example, like I, I had um, Dallas of Leeds. Yeah, right? sorry. Yeah, yeah, and he scored for them, so that was a bonus for me. But um, the game that he was playing for Leeds, who did they play? Um, Leicester. Leicester, was it? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So that game, I was semi-interested in, so it's not the best example. But sometimes, you know, let's take Sheffield United, Fulham. I don't have a Sheffield United or Fulham player, but if I did, that game suddenly becomes more interesting to me. Yeah,
3: and I know what you mean. Because,
2: like, you know, Mm. I've suddenly got that focus on wanting that one player to do well. And that's what I like about fancy football. It makes Mm. kind of irrelevant, boring games, as does the Prediction League. In fairness, makes those games more interesting especially if like you know again if you had a player for a a team that I'm not particularly interested in you know say you had a Burnley centre-back for example that was playing I would then watch that game if I didn't have a Burnley defender wanting Burnley to concede so it just makes I think the game's a bit more interesting oh it does it
3: does I mean the predictions league I'm all over that I love that I love putting my predictions in every week and uh and the fantasy football, yeah. Again, if you have a good week or you know someone pops up and they've scored and they're in your team, yeah, I suppose it's a it's a little buzz. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it's not really for me. Well done to Overland and CWHUFC Parish, Soldat Hammers, Sue Check Yourself, and DLNFC for making up the top five. And the same can be said for the table toppers of the Predictions League, which, as it stands, are at Scotch Curran. At J Saywood Jones, at RSS Smith, Simon Anderson, and at ABush90. Support for the West Ham Way is brought to you by Manscaped. Yay! Who are the best in below the waist men's grooming? Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> it's time to create your own story for your new handsome looking Corey. <laughs> Let your bollocks shine just like mine. The Manscaped Engineering team has perfected the greatest ball head trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. So if you're a bit of a Chewbacca, you can take a longer shave and the waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower. Uh, one of the best features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM quite. Stroke technology. So you will no longer sound like you're shaving with a chainsaw. Uh, If you're listening to me now, I want you to experience this for yourself. The grooming products, I mean. Not not shaving with a chainsaw. (laughs) Um, Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WEST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code WEST to make your testies your besties. And remember, lads, the shorter the grass, the bigger the tree. (laughs) Have you got anything for us this week, mate? No. <laughs> I'd love to play your outro yeah, now. Exactly. That would be quite funny, wouldn't it? Um,
2: uh, no, I've got a little bit. Um, so, I don't know if you saw today, but Sean Dyche said that um, the bid for Tarkovsky um, was really not pursued very much by West Ham, if you know what I mean. So, when I said... I don't, if you remember in the summer, I called it a fake bid, and now that yes, was probably, I do remember. that was probably slightly too strong a description because it there was a bid, but it was, like I said at the time, a bid that was rejected and then kind of half-expectingly that it would be rejected yeah. and then not really followed through. Well, dice has now confirmed mm. that, which is, uh, I don't know what the word is, interesting
3: or... Speculative bid, maybe? dipping yeah, speculative Keeping bid. your toes in the water and nothing more. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, speaking of some of the other targets, um, the center backs we approach, Coletta Carr, the Marseille defence, It looks like they're not going to qualify for the next round of the Champions League now. There's Marseille in financial difficulties, I think. So he could become available again in January for us to maybe rebid for. And he won't be playing in the Champions League then. So he won't have that um, that nugget for keeping him at Marseille. Another centre-back that we looked at in the window was Nicola... Um, Milenkovic uh, Fiorentina um, he's refusing um, to sign a new contract at the moment and um, it could be that we could go back in for him as well none of this is confirmed at this point but it does mean that these options are probably more available in January when they were in the summer we have made a bid for a centre-back this time he's a danish defender called frederick alves um it hasn't been confirmed 100% that It's west Ham that have made the move for him but i'm pretty sure it is because we were interested in him we've definitely contacted the player spoken to the player he's a danish centre-back he would go into the under 23s he plays for silkbourne in denmark um he'd go into the under 23s initially to be developed he's a 1.5 million pound signing and uh, he but at the moment he's not guaranteed to get a work permit apparently um so they're waiting the news on that he it shows to me how little they rate Cardoza. You know, the Portuguese centre-back that they signed, um, Mm. was it two summers ago now? Mm -hmm. Um, and Because he's not played for us at all. And the fact that we're looking at other young centre-backs, I've said from day dot, he doesn't appear to have impressed anyone. And people that I know that would know these things say he's very average, that he hasn't impressed at all. So I think him probably spells maybe the end of his career soon um on the exclusively to the patron site i um, which i do with some of my news i revealed that the club could try to renegotiate anderson's loan deal at marseille now Obviously, we have some websites and news outlets that have also subscribed to be Patreons because I didn't tweet that information out. I only put it on Patreon and it's appeared in a number of news places today. Mm. Um, now, they misquoted me, as they often do. I said they could negotiate possibly for his loan deal to come to an end. By that, I mean you would say to, Mar- uh, to Marseille, um, not Marseille, to uh, Porto, you would say to them, look, he's not playing for you you're paying his wages you know we're happy to cut the loan deal short we'll take back the wages and then we can pick him and you're not picking him type thing because there's no point having a loan player that you're trying to get their confidence back or try to sell on because he hasn't got a like a mandatory purchase clause in either like what we've got with Ben Rama. Mm. so we will have him back um if he's not playing for them you can say to them look let's end this on both of us and we'll take him back and we'll play him but if we, it depends how much Moyes and the club rate him because if they want to save his wages they'll turn around and they'll be like um, let's just stick him at Porto for the season and we'll save all his wages because he's high paid um, but if they have any sense and if it was me I would call him back and try to re- arrange for that to happen because the Porto managers came out and said that he doesn't he's not applying him himself he's not playing well he isn't putting mm. effort in so mm. i think it would be best if we cut it short but whether they want to save the money i don't know so that's the situation um with him uh and then um there is some interest in jovic i mean we keep getting linked with him who is a Lair's partner at um at frankfurt and now plays for real madrid i say plays he's barely played for them there is obvious interest as there would be um for any player really that's been signed by real madrid um and obvious reasons because of hilaire however the deal to loan him is not anywhere near happening at this point we could explore it in january but it's not like we've got anything Current, it's just speculation for now. Um, <clears throat> we have actually signed someone though. We've signed. he's called Justin Ozagni. O- um, he's an under 16s that was at South End and he's joined us. Obviously, um, South End are in massive financial issues, um, so we've picked up one of their young academy players um, in terms of injuries going into the game. Obviously, Noble missed the game against um Liverpool with a minor knock he is now available during that game Cresswell did that kind of splits thing where it looked like yes. he'd done both his groins mm. um he's actually okay he's Good. able to play um Mipo or Debeku um the signing that I broke a while ago from Manchester United he, he's been scoring a few goals in the academy is now also available for selection obviously he's a forward so doubt they'd call him up for Fulham. It would probably be too soon. But long-term might be an option that we haven't explored yet up front. Um, Antonio won't be back for the Fulham game. But as again, I exclusively revealed to Patreon um, subscribers first. And before any of the other media outlets reported it, Antonio uh, Moyes is hopeful that he'll be fit for... Um, the Sheffield United game which is after the international break so we've got Fulham this Saturday then it's an international break and Mm. then he could be available for that It's been widely reported today that about Rice going to Chelsea and another bid coming in for him in January. That could happen. I'm not going to deny that it could happen. What I will correct is that a number of outlets have said Chelsea could bid again for Declan Rice in January. They haven't bid for him once yet. Of course, they've done tentative inquiries to try and gauge how much he would be, but they haven't submitted an official bid, so it's not again. Um, It's said that Declan is interested in that move. I don't think Declan's situation has changed because there's been no bid and he's very committed to West Ham. Very committed. He does love the club. So even if Chelsea... um you know if it is in the back of his mind it's not going to affect his performances for West Ham because he loves West Ham um and so and there has been no indication that Chelsea are going to bid for him it's just rumors of course they could do because they were interested in the summer but there's no evidence at this point and I can say this from both Chelsea being a Chelsea ITK now and a West Ham ITK that neither there's no indication from either side that Chelsea are going to bid yet um and no evidence that they will um and finally the uh, takeover bids i don't know if you've put this as one of the questions because i saw that this was um was coming up a lot today uh, people saying what's happening with the takeover bids well they exactly what i told you was happening at the time there there isn't a takeover bid at the moment um there is interest in the club but there's a, a, no official bid submitted um and the, the, what's he, what was his name? Secret agent who... <laughs> Times all of his tweets very very well. Um, every time the window closes, he said, "Oh, the reason why West Ham didn't sign this person, like Ben Rama was because of the takeover. The reason we didn't sign anyone in the window before, because we weren't going to spend any money." He never says it before the window closes. He always waits till the window closes and then says it. Because if we, it was a strategy that we were going to do, he would have known that before mm-hmm. the window closed. Mm-hmm. So why say it after the window's closed when you know factually that? that's not going to happen you should know factually before um the whole thing is um, used for attention yes there is interested parties and so there's an element of truth to what he's saying but to say that the takeover bid is coming this year how how realistically with it being what november the 4th is it today um can the takeover bid be completed by the end of december and mm-hmm. we not to know anything about it at this point. Fucking um we're we
3: going to spend most of the year in fucking lockdown. Well, exactly. So
2: it's not even probably physically possible. There was a really funny um, comment on Knees Up Mother Brown I saw about, the, well, I didn't see because I never go on it, but someone sent it to me, a, a, a slating me as per, you know, always sta- standard Knees Up Mother Brown chat. Yeah. And the slating I was getting for, um, for the TakeOver uh, story was that because... I don't know anyone that's involved in a takeover story. I'm going to rubbish the takeover story because it's not me breaking it and my ego won't allow that to happen, right? <laughs> okay, so to unpick that comment, which i love to just find these things so funny, if I had no knowledge of a takeover bid happening... I would say I have no knowledge of it which is what I have said why why would my ego make up that because I didn't want to be it's just it just doesn't make Hmm. any sense these comments but um the bottom line is there is no t- takeover official bid yet. There could be one soon and it and will be interesting to see what happens if there is one, but there isn't one at this point. So the chances of us being in new owners by January, which is what we were promised by this person, I would put at as likely as you winning
3: fancy football.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, zero. You'd go that low. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's
3: it for now, folks. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you to our patrons for giving us your questions. Here's a handful that I've selected, starting with Joe Little, who says, Who do you think would be the ideal manager for West Ham to take us into Europe if our squad was strong enough? are we obviously talking realistically
2: here? Yeah. there's some that I'd pick that obviously aren't going to come to us. Yeah, time.
3: realistically.
2: Whether this guy is realistic or not, i probably not, but I'd say P- Potacino again. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but he's been out of work for a mm. long time. Now, Now, obviously, if we did suddenly sack Moyes and there was no other jobs available to him, we could say, look, we'll give you a good way. He's like we did with Pellegrini. He would be the obvious choice for me. Um... Uh, but the Leeds manager's done really well, hasn't mm, he? Mm. Um, Basila. Uh, he's Bielsa. Bielsa.
3: Basila. Who's yeah. Basila? <laughs> like he used to play for West Ham years ago, didn't he? Who
2: is he? Basila.
3: I've heard that name. He's well, Christian Basili. Oh, yes. You're yeah. about him? So, yeah, no, I wasn't. I was spelling
2: it like B-I-E-S-L-A. Bielsa
3: is the Leeds manager. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> you what, and your pronunciation.
2: yes, oh, mate. And the thing is in my current job. That's right, so really funny. I don't want to give away what my job was, but um, I was talking about... How many pregnant people we have in our workplace, right? And how we're gonna to have to sort of succession plan for when they go on maternity leave? And I was doing like a meeting to <laughs> to about ten people in the room, um, and I um because I'm so bad with names, I named the wrong people that were pregnant, and I, and I know and I know who's pregnant. I know in my head, and I can see them, and I call them their name every single week. So and the ones that were pregnant were there the ones that aren't pregnant were there so i was like oh yeah and sarah's pregnant so we need to and she's like no i'm not and i was like oh no i don't mean sarah i mean lisa and Lisa, i'm not pregnant I mean, i'm not like, oh, fucking god, chaos exactly it? it was chaos mate and i was like right let me start again right and i literally had to point i was like you're pregnant <laughs> and you're not and you aren't like that and talk about it that way and uh, it was oh god it was embarrassing but anyway that's a side story um yeah him <laughs> and, and then uh who else is there really I can't feel I don't know if there's anyone else that you can throw into the mix. well I, do
3: you know what honestly I can't see past Pochettino yeah. or whatever you fucking say because I struggled at that one like you do yeah. Bielsa is up there and always has been for me but watching I'm just going to call him Pochettino fuck it don't know if it's right or wrong watching him do punditry the other night seeing his overgrown hair looking desperate to get back <laughs> into the game because yeah. he's clearly got too much time on his hands yeah. My concern, I think you said it earlier on in the podcast, is that he's probably destined for Man United. He almost looks tailor-made for them. And with Oli fucking steering the sinking ship, I think it could be a matter of time.
0: Mm.
3: But I just think, you know, someone that's successful in football, which he has been. I mean, to take Tottenham to runners-up and a Champions League final, playing exciting football, being... Smart on recruitment, doing an incredible job at Southampton, by the way, and in Spain. I
2: like their manager as well, Southampton's manager. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's done a good job. They like him as well. They like him
3: a lot. Um, I, I would just love to see him at West Ham, Pochettino. Yeah. I really would.
2: I've just thought of someone else, and whether it's realistic or not, probably not, because they've been doing better than us a lot recently. But that's arguably down to him in recent seasons. Is um, Brendan Rodgers? You know, I think he's yeah. a, he's done really well in his career as yeah. well. And I think West Ham, Leicester's not much of a difference, is it? Okay, they've had better seasons than us in recent years, but size of club. We're arguably a bigger team than Leicester. Arguably, Mm. I know they've won the league now, but um, so he I like Ancelotti at Everton, but I don't think that's realistic now because obviously Mm. he's at Everton. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone else. Um, you could argue Eddie Howe is still doing not Eddie Howe, Sean Dyche, sorry, still doing a decent job at um Burnley. Not sure I'd be interested in him, though. Um, But yeah, those two, the Leeds manager and uh, the former Tottenham manager. If (laughs) if you had
3: to have either Bielsa or Pochettino, who would you have?
2: Pochettino, I think. And
3: if someone said to you, X, despite everything that David Moyes is building at West Ham, despite the good performances, despite the fact that finally it seems to be clicking and we're seeing some good football and it looks like we might, be going in the right direction if now as in this second I offered you Pochettino in exchange for David Moyes which means that Moyes would officially leave West Ham in the next 30 seconds (laughs) for Pochettino (laughs) to come in what would you do oh this is
2: such a good question mate. it really is a good question um so harsh on Moyes but I think I'd do it yeah I think I would yeah just because I'd be almost curious to see if we can get even better with Postolino in there which I'd like to think we probably would yeah. but um, I thought of someone this is random this is random <laughs> right,
3: yeah. I was wondering if you'd take him would you take Arsene Wenger no I don't think I would mm. I don't think I would I mean look, his, his history speaks for itself he obviously knows the game and he's achieved a, a great deal a good, in the sport as well don't get me wrong as well. yeah I just I don't know part of me thinks I don't know, is he a little bit of a dinosaur now? Yeah, he's been
2: out of football a few years now. Yeah. Hasn't he? I mean,
3: would this potentially be another Pellegrini where yeah. we think we're shooting for the stars mm. for someone that's a bit aged, yeah. but really they're coming for a final payday yeah. and it dies on its ass, probably. Mm. Yeah. So no, he doesn't excite me, to be no. honest with you. Would you take
2: someone like Scott Parker?
3: No, no, not at this stage, I wouldn't. No, not at this stage. Yeah, but, I almost want them to do well. Because I think someone like Scott Parker, if he does prove himself as a manager and goes from strength to strength and he's got off to a great start, he's someone that I potentially love at West Ham in charge. But for me, at Premier League level, with egos in the dressing room, I think it takes a big strong character to manage that and take us where we should be. So that rules
2: out. Someone like Rio, obviously. Yeah, not for
3: me. I mean, as a coach, I'd love to see him involved with a club, but... Nah, we've reached a point now. I want to stop having punts on managers. I want someone that's established with a clear strategy, a clear plan, someone that's been there and done it, and and, and has a genuine vision to take West Ham to where we all want to see them being. Mm, mm, mm. And Pochettino, for me, would tick every box in that respect, followed by Bielsa. Yeah, I agree. This is from Daniel O'Riordan. Morning, guys. As usual, cannot wait for the pod to drop. Thank you, mate. Uh, We've seemingly divided debate on Hilaire. If we drop him... What are your thoughts on who plays up top? Do we play Bowen and drop Yarmolenko or Benrama on the right, or is there someone else? Um,
2: I think if you're not going to play a uh, for Fulham, the obvious choice for me is Yarmolenko up front, because that's what he did against Liverpool when he subbed him. Yarmolenko has played up front for the Ukraine, and... Um, also, I think he's probably more naturally a forward than Bowen and ben Rama, who are the only two I can really think that could do it. Mm. Lanzini's not got the physique, I would say, to play up front. No. Um, so there isn't really any other alternative. You know, you've got Mipo, like I said, but he's not f- fully fit yet. Um, so I think I, the only one that I would potentially consider is Yarmolenko. I think.
3: Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's hard to add to that. Darren Weaver wants to know if me and you, ex, were in a pub and suddenly. Yeah, been there and done that. (laughs) Suddenly that pub fills up with Millwall. Who are the first five ex players you ring to come and help us out? (laughs) Like it. Um, uh, (laughs) So it's going to kick off in this pub. Yeah. Tension's in the air. You want to get a few boys down to back you up who Are going to be ex West Ham players. Know what?
2: I'm just confident you could do it on your own, mate. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we need anyone. I'll watch and I'll, add our, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll assess. And just help help you me as some sort of human shield.
3: Yeah, exactly. Fucking I'll,
2: face like Freddy Krueger at the end of it. I'll hide behind you. We've
0: been in similar scenarios before,
3: so, so we know it works. <laughs> um, do you remember? I don't know if we can tell this story or not. The the, the Sammy McNestor. Well, fight. that's what I was tempted to tell, but I'm not sure if we can or we can't. I don't, I don't know. know. What do you reckon?
2: I don't know it could be borderline getting you in trouble it's fine by me because I don't yeah. do anything but it's up to you yeah, no, probably not okay. probably not but yeah come on back we'll save that question. one to pe- the patrons <laughs> <like>. <laughs>
3: yeah. we'll make a second tier yeah, £7.50 exactly. option to be, uh, right. to be off the record story it, it's a good
2: story I'm not going to lie I mean it's, it's interesting for your contribution but my contribution is, <laughs> should not go
3: unnoticed <laughs> even I feel i really yours was very much more appreciated. I yeah, think. I think so. You and added more value that night I, I for a very did, different reason, and I and I
2: added value for you know long term reasons. That could have, well, you know, he, he could have been seriously jeopardized yeah, if I hadn't have yeah. intervened. Yeah, also um, I helped a fellow a hammer out. <laughs> um, whereas your contribution was a uh, more direct, shall we say? <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe oh, maybe save that one for another hell. time. It's it's like I say, it's fine by me. It's you that's
3: got yeah. the potential. Yeah, now your... you're right. Let's give that a little bit of fault okay yeah
2: um, I don't edit that bit out though because we haven't said anything no, so no, no, you can no. keep it in no um, I'll keep it in okay I'll keep um, it in but uh, yeah I right think we'll so that I think fault. to go back to the question Julian's an obvious one yep. I think I think Repka I, yeah I like, the, I like yeah. that he's hard and he's a bit of a nut He yeah. always need a bit of a nut He fucking love it I think yeah exactly um, so I'm thinking those two I'm thinking Billy you know yep. just pure strength and um, stamina probably for the yep. fight Um. I'm thinking maybe... Um, Ginge, would you fry him in there or not? Yeah, he's a contender. He is a contender. Uh, there was someone that just came into my head then and now it's gone. Um, Ruddock. But although he's a bit little of a... Neil fucking <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Your twin. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, think, I think he would be a good one, although he was ex Millwall, and that could work. You know, they might lay off him a little bit um, yeah. because he was ex Millwall as
3: well. Uh Anyone else that I'm missing that you've thought of um, for that? Um, oh, that's don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, ex-players. Uh... Like boogers, just for the whole mental side of it. Like, you need
2: someone that's a little yeah. bit, like, unpredictable. Well, when he come down, though, ex? That's the only trouble, isn't it?
0: It's yeah, a Bit of a trek for him, it isn't it? It is, yeah.
2: But I'm just thinking the unpredictability <laughs> of it. You know, you never quite know what he's going to do. You think he's going to kick you, but he... Andy Carroll?
3: Bit yeah. of a unit, isn't he? he might yeah. get a bit... Larry, after a couple of beers, you do yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad shout, actually. You always need a tall fella in a fight as well just to kind of be able to see what's going on in the, in the <laughs> background. you know what I mean? Like, look over the top yeah. to see the background yeah. situation. I can't, like, see, you know, if I'm in a not that I ever really get in them but you know I'm the lover <laughs> this, uh, this partnership here totally um, unfortunately voice when lover <laughs> yeah uh, and I can't see beyond the first row <laughs> so you need somewhere as you and Andy yeah. can sort of you see you can sit them. on my shoulders whilst all the ex players <laughs> yeah. are having it off yeah exactly um, I don't know I don't know I feel like I'm missing people Stimatch was quite a big bloke wasn't he quite hard um, yeah
3: yeah uh, we're definitely missing some West yeah. Ham. What about
2: it? like a scrappy person, like someone like mass or mm,
3: Johnny Moncur or Johnny something Moncur. like
2: that? Yeah, you need a bit of a like a you know. Some oh fuck it,
3: Stuart Pierce. Oh yeah, cool, Stuart Pierce, Yeah, good get shout. psycho involved, yeah, wouldn't yeah.
2: You? shout, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Mark Ward? Wardy, Wardy, <laughs> yeah. himself a bit. You can sit on my shoulders, and <laughs> he can sit on
3: yours. we like some fucking human millipede, <laughs> exactly. Like vertical millipede. <clears throat> but with me and Wardy, we would only still be about seven foot. We're
2: doing that. But, uh, yeah,
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Wardy uh, in that scenario? Oh God! I can't.
2: You yeah, I know, <laughs> I, do You
3: know what? Like we love Wardy. I'm sure we've uh, said it on this show before. Like we love Wardy. We've we've worked with him for a long time now, and uh, you know he's he's part of what we do with the events and stuff. But fucking hell, let's be honest. You know, he's 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 not a dog on a leash, yeah, Wolfy, is not he? He's a, he's he's a, a right little, ankle biter. Little man syndrome. He? he has got little man syndrome. He's a He's so aggressive, and for, for no fucking reason no, exactly. whatsoever, he will suddenly just be he, aggressive. Even at the events,
2: he'll suddenly go, <laughs> and over whoa, whoa! <laughs> like and then I, I love the bit where he goes, look, <laughs> if you don't like it, then fuck off. Yeah, like I, know, that, yeah, like yeah I know.
3: At least people know where they stand. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I remember a recent event that we done. And uh and I think he gave one of his wardly warnings. Yeah. And then as he turned his back I think someone said something like Oh fuck off or something like that in chest And he turned around and said, Who said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our fucking maths teacher, or so. I said, said, said Waldy, can't these people have paid money to fucking come in here? It's, it's like they're fucking looking at detention there. Who said that?
2: It's just so... that Waldy will have it like, love... all day, every and day. Love... I love him, but I'd... fuck, man. I'd love to know what would happen if the fellow went, it was me, mate. Like, what would he have done <laughs> yeah. then? Like, Especially you know... if the geezer was like eight foot fucking yeah, tall and exactly, built like yeah. a brick shit house. He'd probably <laughs> still <laughs> fucking have it, Waldy. I'd, 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 yeah, he's just so funny. He's just, there is like this like constant like level of aggression. <laughs> <laughs> even when it's just me and you and we're just and him and we're just chatting having a nice catch up before the event he's still slightly yeah, on edge of aggression yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you know the you know, misplaced comment that you know you might mean that as a bit of bad I remember right now you can confirm yeah I am taller than Wardy yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm at least two inches taller than Wardy at yeah. least that possibly going on three which <laughs> is three taller than him because like, he's about what five five maybe and I'm near five eight okay yeah. Just under, and um, and so yeah, three inches. And I remember we were having a debate about who was the tallest out of the two of us. And do you remember how aggressive <laughs> he was? About? Oh, fuck off, mate, you're standing yeah. on your heels. I oh, know, yeah. oh, standing on your tiptoes. No, I'm not. You're wearing heels. No, I'm not. Like, your hair's spiking. He, he tried got to push of... for the fact you had a thicker sole than him, yeah, didn't he, he did. A thicker sole. He was looking yeah, he at did. my shoes he and did. stuff, yeah. like, mate. Face it, let's take our shoes off. I am actually that taller than you. Oh, fuck off, you're a, a <laughs> so aggressive and it was the, and everyone can see and the thing is rather than everyone that was there maybe like backing me up and something saying you actually actually are taller which we all knew he I think everyone because he was being so aggressive yeah. weren't quite sure they wanted a risk saying that, that that he was that I was actually yeah. taller but anyway that,
3: that's uh, yeah that's it we, it's, we it's love like having a little pit bull it, isn't it is, is he doesn't is, need to like, muzzle its he's got all the that. other dogs that he's not great around <laughs> other dogs you know? exactly and you know like you walk past a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wardy, <laughs> wardy. <laughs> <"Stop."> you <laughs> <"Yes." laughs> <laughs> I will
2: bury thee. <laughs> <you. laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the thing is <laughs> for another patron show I don't know if yeah. we'd ever be able to tell that story but there is another chapter to that story as well. yeah, probably yeah, another one is to say for fun, another time you know, no, we'll have we, to do a, a drunk show fun. one day when we, <laughs> when we just confess
3: all of these things and pick your fantasy team and yeah. all sorts oh um, mate I'll tell you honestly there, there's already you know Good foundation for a book, you know. I, I think, think so. Uh, mate, honestly,
2: I do think a book is worth doing with all these stories, and not yeah. just with Wardy, but with the other players. You know, we've even got the Wardy rap that we made up, in yeah, Lava I know either, the Wardy rap, yeah, which we definitely cannot yeah. show, but like we, yeah, we've even got our own <laughs> made up song film, <laughs> <Yeah>. which- <laughs> It's actually quite catchy do you know what I was having my breakfast the other day mate and for no reason at all I found like before work I was
3: and I was thinking why am I
0: singing this
2: fucking
3: hell we passed some time and our beef put putting that one again, and mate it
2: was every time we sung it it was still funny yeah I know it was It we got some legs out of that exactly yeah
3: anyway fucking absolutely brilliant Oh dear. Right, this is from John Williams. He said in hindsight, am I alone in thinking that selling Dean Garner was a good thing? While I appreciate it's great to have local players in the team, he isn't pulling up trees at West Brom and didn't for us in the Premier League. He can show touches of brilliance, but all too rarely. Um maybe last season he found his level in the championship. I think too many judged him on a good pre-season game versus Ipswich. Controversial, perhaps, question mark.
2: Good question, though, and a fair, a fair yeah, point. Yeah, it is a fair um, point.
3: Uh, you, you, you can't honestly... Well, I assume you can't honestly say that we've missed Grady since we sold him.
2: No. And, or could you say that? Well, I, don't I don't know. I don't No, I don't know. I'd probably not because we've been playing well, which is the, the obvious mm. answer. But mm. um, he, like, like the person said, he hasn't... Done amazing for West Brom. I think he scored one goal. Is he? Not that goals are essential for a winger, but like I've, yeah, I th- he. I think he doesn't seem to be you know, getting the best reviews. Um, it's too, uh, He didn't play that well in the Premier League for us either. Did a few good games, but wasn't consistent enough maybe but it's, it is really hard to judge because we I, it's hard to hypothetically judge how someone would have done at West Ham because i always think you can play well for one team and bad for another because of the system and things like that yeah. and the culture of the club or whatever but if Ben Rama turns out to be a good signing, mm. um then no, we we haven't missed him really mm. because it all depends on how well Ben Rama does for me, because that's your like for like, really. Yeah. Um and Ben Rama, I think, is probably a more technical player than Dian Garner. Um, but Dian is probably more pacey and direct as a winger. Depends what you want to play, and maybe we are more like the technical side than we are pacey direct wingers generally for me you have pacey direct wingers when you have a target man in the box and you don't have that with Antonio Alaire seemed to play well at that Ipswich game with um, with Dean Garner they seemed to link up really well so it's a shame in that respect because maybe that's what Alaire needed but the the guy's right it was Ipswich in a pre-season friendly you know mm. I'm saying Alaire's played well this season which I do think he has Aside from the Liverpool game, but that was against Hull and Charlton. Mm. So, you know, mm. like it's hard to judge a pre-season friendly against Ipswich. Mm. So, yeah, yeah a jury's still out. Maybe come mm. back at the end of the season on that one when we know how well Ben Rahm has done. And we know how well Dean Garner's done for West Brom.
3: I, I think, as well, you've got to look at how tense the relationship is between the fans and the bold. And how tense the situation was at the time, i.e. we hadn't signed anyone, we'd just declared poverty and couldn't be signing anyone. Now that's going to go down like a shit sandwich in most West Ham fans, Mm -hmm. because they already actively dislike the owners and want them out. So I think there is a degree of, it wasn't so much how good Grady was, it was the fact that he had just had a really good season, he was one of our own. He was an academy yeah. graduate and West Ham fans love to embrace their own academy graduates yeah. and the ball have just got rid of him. Yeah. I think it was more circumstantial with West Ham fans. Yeah. That's certainly how it was for me looking back. But have I pined for Grady since he's gone? No. Yeah. Do I think we'll regret selling him? Probably not. Yeah. Especially yeah. if, like you say, Ben Rama turns out to be a, a good player. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Ross Dunn says, early shout for Hammer of the Year. Now, by this, I think he means what's our predicted Hammer of the Year oh, rather than know. who do we think has been Hammer of the Year so far. To keep everyone happy, you can answer both if you like. Um, I think Hammer of the Year
2: so far, you'd, your contenders are Antonio, yep. Rice again.
3: Yep. Um, Creswell's got to be up Creswell, there for me. Mazzalbini.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Suchet maybe. Um, So, I think I, at the moment, would go with uh, Antonio, Mm. maybe. I think I'd go with Antonio for Hammer of the Year now, based on the games we've played. And if it continues how he's doing, and if he gets fit, obviously probably him at the end of the mm. year as well, just because he's so important now. Obviously, mm. I think Declan will maintain consistent level of performance again and be right up there. Mm. But um, your goals are so important, obviously, to mm. get to a team. And the fact that he is converted to a forward gives him a bit more credibility in the sense that he's almost learnt to play a better position for him so he's improved himself as a player um, yeah Antonio I'm going to go with yeah. deserves a shout as yeah, well yeah he's been great yeah I'm he's gonna been, go been great with
3: Antonio. I think with, um, with Antonio as well what makes him a breath of fresh air is that he's so different to most forwards in the Premier League in the sense that he is prepared to do the donkey work that's potentially going to go unnoticed. Now, it doesn't go unnoticed with West Ham fans because it isn't taken for granted. But how many strikers out there genuinely defend from the front with their heart and soul and sprint after every single defender to try and force an error, to get possession back, to then charge forward like he does to try and score goals? It's the one thing that was the complete opposite from Hilaire on Saturday. I mean, fuck me, he was walking after defenders at times. Yeah. But Antonio was incredible in that respect. Put the goals that he scored, and I, I think he'll um, he'll be comfortably hammer of the year this year, if that continues. In fact, the only thing I can see stopping him is injuries. Okay, Which yeah. is a worry. Which
2: is a worry, and it's always been a big concern and is a concern as to why we didn't sign another forward, personally, because we yep. have really, like we said, two options at the moment, Hilaire or Yarmolenko, which really shouldn't be an option as such.
3: Yeah. Uh, Rich Mayer said, listening to your rednap interview again recently, and how he talks about the history and culture of the club, back to Bobby Moore, have we missed a trick not having him more involved in the club over the past 10 years? Is it too late now for him to come in at such a level? Uh. Yeah, there's been times when I've thought maybe we should have
2: appointed him, maybe. But I do think now well, he's in his 70s as well, isn't he? Um, love Harry in our dealings with him. Mm. Um, but probably might have seen his day now as being mm. directly involved in football, Yeah.
3: What about something like a director of football or someone that's involved to some degree, not necessarily on the front line?
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe as a consultant, perhaps like a consultant or like a chief scout almost might be a good role, like a, a way of identifying players that it could bring mm. to the manager that we could be interested in. Perhaps he's got legs in that. But I, I think your day-to-day, picking players, coaching, actually having sold. Um, control over transfers which obviously you wouldn't ever get at West Ham but um, I just think it's too much now for someone that I mean what was it what was his last job Birmingham was it his last one didn't really do Mm -hmm. do, do it yeah he went to Birmingham for a bit and then obviously QPR wasn't a overly successful time Um, and so the last time he was really sort of like you're, like a, a really top manager I guess sorry I'm trying to work out um, yeah where he is uh, um, I think last um, last time was at Tottenham and that's a mm. number of years now isn't yeah. it so yeah. probably
3: yeah not. no I've got a real soft spot for him I really have um, like you have he's just been an absolute pleasure to deal with gave me the best years of my life as a West Ham fan on the terraces without a shadow of a doubt uh, respect him admire him he knows the game but yeah, I'll make you right. I, I can't see where he would fit in now, and I'm not too sure he'd want to fit in anywhere anyway. I think he's happy doing the odd bit of punditry, and he's just you know putting his feet up, enjoying the rest of his life. And good luck to him. Also. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: he, he's last he last managed Birmingham in 2017, mm. where he was obviously didn't do very well. He was the Jordan national team manager. Apparently, I didn't was know he? that. Apparently, I didn't so. know that. No. And then he left QPR in 2015. He left Tottenham in 2012. So realistically he hasn't been a top manager since about 2011 Mm. you know so that's a long time now almost 10 years you're right yeah absolutely
3: Mm. this is from Jacob Pasterfield would you take Dimitri Payet back if you had the choice
2: that's a tough one that um I don't know how good he still is. Like, if it's the Dimitri Payet that West Ham had, then yes, 100% I would, as, as like fickle as it is, to forgive him after what he did because of the quality of the player. Mm. I'd like to watch him again. And obviously, he's so good that we could do with him. Um, but is he still the same player? I couldn't mm. answer that. It's mm. been, what, three years now since he left. He's into his 30s. Into he the, he's into his
3: fucking food just in the size of the cunt no has he got Fuck a lot bigger he's put on some weight yeah. really
2: well, there you go and that's not ever going to improve really is it with age so uh, I'm going to go with no mm,
3: yep yeah. for all those reasons that you mentioned and I just think out of pride really I just I couldn't have him but I wouldn't want to give him the satisfaction of knowing the club's interested again you yeah. know you can't treat West Ham like that and no. think that that's going to be brushed under the carpet we're bigger and better than that you know
2: and he's 34 this season I've just checked is you he know. 34 yeah, I now, mean, he's 33 he now or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's 33 now
3: but his birthday's in March
2: so he's going to be 34 this season mm. so it is getting to the end of his career now yeah
3: not for me Okay, Mark Matthews with the last question that we've selected. Morning, gents. Great show. Long-time listener and first-time comment. Who is more useful, Hellea or the Bollockshaver? <laughs> um, they've both probably caused me as much pain. Um, <laughs> fucking <laughs> up, if Hilaire could cut through defences like that, yeah. shape could cut through your nutsack, we'd be laughing, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. I um,
2: <laughs> uh, if he could last ninety minutes as well, that <laughs> uh, would uh, be a bonus. With um, the if he had a superpower battery, uh, I, uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. What, I'm, I'm trying to actually answer it, seriously I don't know why I'm even trying. I was like, I was trying to, I was trying to readjust, readjust my thought process then to actually. The answer seriously, but uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so no, as a as a as a loyal um, uh, promoter of Manscape, um, yeah, and the fact that Manscape because because of the promos that you've created, and I'm going to give you credit because I don't think people realise that that isn't something you were given that scripts like no something. no no it wasn't that you actually made that all up yourself <laughs> and it had me in stitches as it did a lot of the listeners as literally well. had you in stitches <laughs> did, by the fact you forgot to put the clipper in oh, on no, that, was a, that was a definite schoolboy well with lockdown coming up and not much else to do I might <laughs> uh, might try it with the blade head on this time um, <laughs> and let you know how I get on but um, yes. yeah it, it's um, yeah it, it's a great product so, uh, Manscaped you know but the the promo that you put around it and and the humour you provided with me I am tempted to say <laughs> this <that> it's manscaped <laughs> <laughs> well at least it performs
3: for 90 minutes yeah, that's exactly. the key difference isn't right, it? Yeah. as it stands we should add yeah. as it stands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right okay that is all we've got time for tonight please remember that from next week, only the first section of the podcast will be available for free. If you want to hear the full podcast, as well as the bonus content in the form of the West End Way podcast, Extra Time, then you need to become a patron of the West End Way. You can do this by visiting www.patreon.com, that's patreo com forward slash the West End Way to access other benefits, as well as the shows themselves to include exclusive news early release of team on a match day classic clips from podcasts and video interviews an exclusive forum discounts on merch and event tickets monthly prizes and more as always thanks for listening thanks for giving us your questions be lucky and until next week come on your irons when you shop at a walmart vision center
1: you get it you know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family
0: When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup.
1: Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort.
0: And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance.
1: All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly.
0: Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love.